Torah isn't education, it's transformation. This is Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Chinuch, Rabbi G. We are back as we do every Monday between 2 and 3 where we discuss education, we discuss Chinuch, we discuss how to make the world a better place. But first, how do we make us better people? How do we influence ourselves, our families, our communities, people around us just to live a healthier and better life and live in the world we want to live in. So we are ready for another winter, for another term, uh, starting our winter term now. And as you know, the show is for you, open for your topics, your discussions. So anything you'd like to add, ask, comment, want to dis- discuss, want to hear about, you can just message us, message us at 34519 is the SMS line or Telegram 061-895-1019. Telegram 061-895-1019. Or SMS three four five one nine, and you know what? If you want to call, it's been there's been a few callers in the last few um, shows, so go for it. Oh one oh one forty thirty twenty. Anything you'd like to speak to us and comment about in general about education. However, more specifically, today on the show, I'm going I'm going to be chatting to Janine Sachs. She is a dietitian, and we're going to be speaking about health in the school system, kids, adults, living a healthy life that is quite, I'd say, quite challenging today, uh, living a healthy life with, you would think that with all the possibilities it would make it easier, but I'm not convinced that's the case. I'd love to hear what you think about it, if you have any thoughts about the way we live our lives today with nutrition, with health, with general um, care of ourselves, 34519 is SMS line, or Telegram 061 and, you know, we'll start with food, I guess. What can we speak about but nutrition after Pesach? I think that's uh, the most um, uh, spoken thing that we're going into. So good afternoon, Janine. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good afternoon, Rabbi. Good to be with you. Okay. So let's hear a bit. Just introduce yourself about your practice a bit. You are Janine Sachs, dietitian. That's correct. Okay. Um, so I'm based in Savoia State okay. um, at a wellness center. And I see all ages and all stages of life focusing on health and nutrition. What brings people to you? What is the main reason that people wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I need to go see a dietitian? Uh, the, the reasons are varied, but I think when someone realizes that I think there's so much information out there, but it's probably also overwhelming that they need someone to consolidate the information and personalize it to themselves and their needs. Okay. So when we talk about dietitian, we know that we need to look at our diets for health reasons and uh, uh, all the extensive abilities that we have as people, we do need to fuel our bodies in the right way. Somehow we tend to think that we need to see a dietitian when we want to lose weight um, however, um, I'd love to hear your take about it. I'm assuming that we also need to see a dietitian if we want to make sure we are functioning correctly and eating what we're supposed to be doing. That's correct. Basically, um, our course and nutrition um, studies begin with, we call it the start of life. Um, when a mother's pregnant with a child, we've got to focus that the mother's nutrition is correct for her unborn child. Um, there's specific diets for children. Um, you get dietitians who focus on infants. And we, yeah, we're always worrying about when to start feeding kids and what to, what to feed them. Um, okay. all the way, yeah, as I say, all through all the cycles of life. So it's definitely not only about weight. Um, food is fuel. And with that, you've got to, just like you've got to be careful which petrol or diesel you're putting into your car, you've got to focus on what food you're putting into your body. 
And if you put the wrong fuel in, are you would you function semi-functional, like less focus, less concentration? Where would that affect you? Most definitely. So if it is um, focus and concentration that you're um, focusing on as such. Not necessarily. Go for all of it. Yeah, no, <laughs> sure. So um, basically... Yeah, it's going to affect it completely. With all foods, there's good and bad choices um, that are specific to certain needs. So um, food, when we're talking about energy, is very different for someone who's running a marathon and needs to keep going um, for three hours versus somebody who's got to um, do a short a short workout. Um, and the same goes for a kid who has to concentrate at school. There's a specific reason why there's a break. It's a break from academics, but they also need to refuel at that 10 o'clock stop, for example. So it is all specific and, and a lot of things are in place for certain reasons. So let's, let's start looking into nutrition and into breaks into schools and how to teach kids uh, to actually look after themselves and what age we start. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. 101.9 We are back in the interesting discussion that we've started with um, dietitian. Um, I'm going blank. I'm here with um, the um, Janine Sachs, dietitian, and we are discussing. Uh, right before the break, we spoke about discussing schools to children, what we need, what are the essential stuff. So let's start with the basics. Any mom listening in the car, any questions, any comments, uh, you're obviously welcome to send in. 34519 is SMS line, 0618951019 is a telegram line. What are the basic needs of a child to function on a day-to-day life in school and with anything he needs to look after? So I'd say um, basically to make sure they're getting in regular meals within a day, starting with breakfast. They they need to break their fast. Um, okay. It's very important, like I mentioned in the car earlier, that they're fueled to start their day. Often the first lessons at school in the morning are ones that need a lot of concentration, like the maths and so on. And the teachers are relying on children rely, um, arriving at school fueled and ready to tackle it. Is that the reality? Meaning, are, are, are we living in a society that people are actually eating breakfast and eating it appropriately? Uh, no, it's not, a, it's not the reality at all. <laughs> um, so one, whether breakfast is happening or not, and it's not necessarily, um, to do with um, finances. Some people live in very privileged households but still leave the house without breakfast. And, um, the other thing is sometimes that the foods that they're having aren't Necessarily the best choices, so we have. They might be having what we call high sugar or fast release foods, and by the time they get to school, that quick release breakfast that they've had is out their system, so they almost dip back to zero, or even worse off of them. How does that happen? Living in a life that we know everything and we have all the information, just go on your phone and Google or check, and we we really are educated. And the basic need of breakfast to fuel yourself or your child with something healthy is just not happening. So I think one reason is time and the rush in the mornings, and it's actually got to do with good health all around. Um, Our children going to bed at the right time at night so that they're able to wake up in the morning, Um, and it is about being organized in the morning. Um, Some people like to... You know, if, if time at home is difficult, is challenging, you can, and you've got a longer ride to school, you can always work around that and be organized at night so that breakfast is ready to eat in the car, or else make sure you're up in time to have a breakfast before you get into the car if you've got a quick commute to school. So the stressful life we're living of running from place to place is definitely affecting the way we eat. 
I'd say so for sure. And it also could be a lazy thing. Sometimes when you're lazy and you don't feel like fitting in breakfast, you can make excuses that you don't like breakfast or it doesn't agree with you. And kids will often put it off because they'd rather perhaps watch a little bit more TV or sleep in a little bit longer. So, yeah, a lot of And then when it's time to go to sleep at night, they're starving. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. And eating the, okay. So let's talk about the, the basic need. So the basic need is a breakfast. What would be a healthy breakfast to start with? I'd say um, a good whole grain or a starch that goes with it. So, for example, a bowl of oats if you want something hot or cold could be a whole grain cereal. You could do toast with an egg on. Okay. Let's say um, a form of starch is a good base. And with that, to include as many food groups as possible. So dairy could come in, in as a form of yogurt or milk. Um, fruit is always good to include and a source of fat. So that could be um, some nuts sprinkled into your cereal or ever spread onto your toast or peanut butter is a quick and easy one. A lot of schools don't allow peanut butter because of the high prevalence of allergies. So if your children do eat peanut butter, the breakfast is a nice quick way to get it in. Um, so it's the right time. Could be, yeah. Okay. Is the, is the amounts an issue as well when it comes to breakfast or not necessarily? I'd say not necessarily. When it comes to children, I'd encourage them to rather listen to their bodies in terms of quantity. So I wouldn't necessarily, I would more force the, force the fact of breakfast needs to be had in the morning, but wouldn't maybe emphasize so much how much they're having um, so that they yeah, can go off feeling And get their, get what they need in the morning. And then... The first break you're saying should be around 10 o'clock? That usually is when schools put it in. Right. But is it because they've done it at the clever right time or because that's how the schedule works? I think based on both, probably based on the okay. years of research that could start It is the losing. right time. Yeah, I mean, today we all base, um, a lot of people say after 45 minutes of Zoom session, everyone starts losing focus. So, um, right. yeah, I suppose there's research all the time. But, yeah, their stomachs will start grumbling around 10 um, so, so that's something I, I wanted to ask you. In other countries that have been where, where I've been working, if we take Israel, for example, it's a standard that at 10 o'clock there's a break and everybody has a sandwich, like proper bread, and you sit down properly for a meal. I see my kids here, they will take a snack or a fruit or an energy bar or something, not really sit down with a proper sandwich and proper meal. Is that which would be the approach that you feel would be more suitable? So I think it's it is more suitable to make an environment where the eating is there's a set time to eat. I know I've got boys and they can't wait to get to break to kick a ball. There's absolutely no time to eat. Exactly, soccer is a lot more important. Whereas at a, more of the remedial schools, they set time aside where you sit in class, you eat, and then. There's that session to go out and get fresh air and play. So I think the system in Israel or systems where they just make sure you've got the time to eat and refuel is a better off. It's it's important to actually eat a proper meal. You're saying like a sandwich or something, not just an energy bar or something. Correct, yeah. Okay. And then... When would be the next time? Because many times, you know, we have a big one of the big debates. We have kids come home from school. They want to go out. They want to play. They want to do things. They want to go to the computers. They want to go to the screens. They still need to do homework. They still need to eat. Where would you would you put the main meal then after school? The relevance, like, where do we need to? What have what eating habits do we want to put in for after school hours to create 
healthier kids or give them the tools to be healthier and stronger? So, look, it's up to each family to work out that balance. I think family mealtime is important. We know for a hundred different reasons why it is. Um, but one of the good reasons is a good time for parents to actually model good behavior. If they're sitting down and eating a balanced meal, it's a good time for children to see what healthy eating is. And obviously there's a benefit with catching up with their kids on the day. Um, but children actually need more meals than their parents. Um, so there should be time for them to fit in um, a lunch as such um, and again ideally a balanced meal especially if they've run from school to an extramural they've, at some point they've got to catch up or like you mentioned earlier come bedtime they're starving because they've got a whole day's worth of eating almost to catch up which is extremely unhealthy it is. It's an unhealthy habit long term. Going you know. to go to sleep after. Uh, we actually we actually have studies and we see that kids will have that are eating heavy meals right before they go to sleep. They'll have more nightmares and they'll have they won't sleep as well and they won't be as energized in any way. So that sounds interesting. There's also yeah, um, chances of reflux and discomfort. And challenging that area. Okay, so you know we do have another announcement to take. And when we come back, I want to hear more about, uh, you know, let's talk a bit about how can a parent identify that maybe their child's not eating right. I mean, there's a younger child, you know what's happening. But there's a certain age that you don't really know what's happening in your child's life when they're 12, 13, 14, what, how much they're eating, what they're eating. Is the food always coming back? Or are they, are they really sitting in school and eating what are the physical signs? What can we start identifying and saying, hey, something's wrong with the nutrition. As a parent, I should intervene. I should discuss. I should see what needs to be looked at. Um, so but let's dive into that. And obviously, any any of the listeners, any comments, any thoughts, how would you know if your child needs to eat more or less or something's not right? What are the symptoms that you'd see? 34519 is SMS line. 0618951019 is Telegram line. Or you can call in 0101403020 if you'd like to speak to me or Janine and hear a bit more um, specific guidance or whatever. Feel free to call. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9, we are back in the middle of a fascinating discussion. I'm here with dietitian Janine Sachs, and we are discussing um, appropriate food behavior and what we need to do to support our kids and know that they are looking after themselves physically and are educated appropriately with what they need to be healthier and stronger and perform as they should. Any comments you have, questions, anything you want to add to the discussion, 34519 is SMS line. Telegram is 0618951019, or you could call at 0101403020. So right before the break, I asked you regarding how to identify. So what can a parent look at their child and say, hey, something's wrong, something's not right, my child's not eating appropriately, or perhaps I should check if they're eating appropriately. Where would you see that in the functionality of day-to-day life? Um, first, yeah, I think today a lot of us have households where we have domestic workers maybe picking up the bags when kids come home um, and they're emptying the lunchbox. Um, maybe as a mom you could go into the lunchbox and see what's left behind if everything's been gobbled. Or you could also probe and find out if children are swapping. Um, so just check and as simple as that. Literally is, check, yeah. is, is my child eating? Okay. That is one way. Um, another is you could always just talk to the school teacher and ask if she's noticed anything, if there are alarm signs to you. I'd say first things to look out for is headaches. Um, as okay. soon as there's headaches, you've got to – it's often the basics that aren't being taken care of being at water, sleep, or nutrition. 
and often if you just sort those out, the headaches might go. So that's water, one sleep, and nutrition. That, yeah. Okay. Very big triggers, and otherwise, um, lethargy, like low energy levels. You could say if, it, if your child's coming home with low energy, you could probe into why. I mean, maybe they aren't being fueled correctly or, or not getting to their fuel. Can we can we even sometimes confuse that with a child wondering a, a parent wondering if their child is depressed or not in the right space or you'd say no it's not as bad as that no of course there'll be multiple reasons for any of those symptoms Um, but as i say as a basic as a basic for me if i hear if i hear headache i straight away check um have you had enough sleep are you drinking any water um and And what do you check for nutrition that they're having what how do they know what they're supposed to be eating so um, I'd say looking at a balance, one is, as I mentioned earlier, they need to be eating frequently, so not one meal a day, um, okay. so frequent meals. And within those meals, you want to – it might not be one meal specifically that checks all the food groups, but within each of – within a few meals, you want to make sure you're hitting the food groups. Um, those are namely your fruit and vegetables, um, your proteins, which are your bodybuilding foods, being fish, chicken, eggs, those kind of things, um, your carbohydrate or starchy energy foods. Foods and the fats are essential and very important for children. That, uh, have. So, what is your take? I, I, there's always I always hear different opinions about three proper meals a day or just many small uh, meals throughout the day. What would you say? So, it would depend on the age of the child um, and the st- yeah what stage they're at, and it would also depend on their schedule. Ideally, you want to be fitting in meal, snack, meal, snack, snack, meal kind of thing but as I say it does depend on their day a nursery school child is finishing a lot earlier and they're home for lunch um, as as opposed to teenagers are only getting home at afternoon or late afternoon so it's also about what's practical and what you can fit in so let's say for adults that could probably be a bit more flexible what would you recommend three meals a day breakfast lunch and dinner with a little something in between to get you from meal to meal so to have snacks in between the meals and and to keep that energy level uh, floats, etc., etc. How do we actually teach our kids the importance of health? How do we bring them up to date with the awareness of eating appropriately, what the, and the, the food does to us, and the different parts of it, not only how much and what, also when, and also, you know, the appropriate way and manners, etc., and what would give you, like, even... You know, sometimes we need to teach our kids, no, try to chew much more and don't just swallow your food, things like that. First of all, do you see that it is actually approached through the school system that we see today or not really? And as parents, we need to approach it. And if so, what should we be doing? Right, so I do think it's a, a shared approach. The schools do cover nutrition, and um, different schools cover it to a lesser or bigger d- degree. Um, it often will fall under the social workers department and they'll they often invite dietitians in to almost do courses. Okay. Um, and then depending how much of the health subjects they're doing, again, it would de- vary very much between primary school and high school. If a child's taking social science, they'll cover more nutrition than a child that's doing history and business economics. Um, but that schools do cover it. And then anything that's taught in school needs to be reinforced at home in terms of behavior. So like I said earlier, dinner's a good opportunity um, to to show children a good example of how to eat and yeah, trying out lots of variety. And Let's go to the other side. When a parent feels like their child is eating beyond what's healthy for them, 
how do we approach that? Uh, obviously, as a very sensitive matter, especially if your child is overeating for emotional reasons or whatever it is, it's 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 a very sensitive topic. What would you recommend would be the way for a parent to discuss that with their child and guide them and share the worries about overeating? So um, I do think I'd start off, like you're saying, as a discussion. Um, it's more about behaviors and finding if you can dig more into the cause of it and try to direct that behavior somewhere else. So um, if they are frustrated or aggravated, you can maybe find a healthier outlet for them instead of the food. Um, if you find that you're going through a chance, a a time where it's hard for you to control those quantities, I'd just load up on healthier options. So you could put a very big garden salad on the table and let them fill their plate with that. So they're getting the quantity, but not necessarily a lot of the French fries and a huge steak, which might be portion-wise too much for them. Um, and if you if it's out of your control and you feel that you don't have a grip on it, I would definitely start with a with behavior therapy um, before you go to a dietitian. It's it is more of a psychology issue than it. So when you see somebody overeating, in a way, you would say first check them emotionally with a psychologist before you go to a dietitian. I'd say so. So generally a dietitian, you would come to dietitian first when you feel your child is under eating or also for overeating after you explored it through emotional issues or how would you address that? Um, so we can deal with both, um, both under eating and overeating. It's often, often education as, as soon as children are um, empowered and they understand what's healthy and what's needed. What age would you say? Um, from the early teens. It depends on the maturity of the child, but yeah. Pre-teens, okay. early teens, yeah. They should be already educated and taught to, to know how to manage their own food and Yeah, take responsibility for okay. sure. Okay. So when we talk about the the health effect of dietitian, there is an element that's not necessarily the, what we eat, but it's also our general health behavior, like exercise, movement, um, you know, interactions, getting around places. We, we always go by car. How does that affect our nutrition, meaning that we physically let out less energy today than we did 30, 40 years ago? Yeah, should so, we be eating less? Should we be exercising more? Should we do both? Should we? But what is practical? Yeah, so you're, you're, in terms of keeping your weight at a healthy balance, um, it is important to look at um, how much that balance between calories consumed and cal calories burned. Um, we... We are lucky that in today we've got these step counters and um, watches that control how will can count how much you're exercising, which are nice motivation to get children moving. Um, but it is important. It's a challenge as parents with technology um, to get children moving, um, and it's yeah, it's one that they've got to tackle. The the movement. So a question coming in from one of the listeners. Thanks again so much for this for an amazing show. Um, so thanks, Janine. Uh, I have a child that seems like he does not know if he is full. What can I do? Well, the person did not send the age, so I don't know the age exactly, but that's a general question. What would you recommend? I'd say start off with um, fluids. Make sure your child's drinking enough water in the day. Often we think that we hungry when we're actually thirsty. What is enough water? So it's age dependent for an adult um, and yeah, full grown teen, you're aiming for two liters and it would also depend if it's summer or winter, but um, ideally between one and a half to two liters as you get older. Okay. Um, so make sure the child is hydrated and um, 
I'd say check at the pace of that he's eating, he or she is eating, so that often if you're eating fast, you don't have time to register um, when you are satisfied. Um, so maybe just get him to slow down. That's a huge point when it comes to slowing down because uh, usually the way I was trained is that a child will or anybody would be full sometime after they finished eating. So you could find a situation that if you need to eat, let's say, I don't know, uh, 300 grams to be full, you'll only feel it if you're eating too fast when you're by 400 and that's already too late. Is that something that you do see? And if so, what would be the way to educate and what would be the appropriate pace to actually eat and, and see what's the right way? So it's hard to say an exact pace rate, but I'd say just to slow down. It's usually noticeable when someone's going fast um, and using cutlery as a means to pause so you could pick up your cutlery to cut, take a mouthful, and you could put it down in between until you're ready. Again, those are sort of habits that would help slow you down. Um, Putting down the cutlery between bites. You can okay. do. Very and actually cool. using cutlery is also, it's a bit of work, but it slows <laughs> the whole meal down. So picking up a meal with your fingers, it's much easier to munch through than um, going through the, the technique of using a fork okay. and a Okay, so let's start using cutlery. Sounds important. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so just to, to slow down the pace, should a parent tell the child, listen, eat this plate and if you still, and then wait. If after five minutes you're still hungry, then take another dish. I think that's but a don't, good idea. Just automatically take another. Yeah. So okay. just yeah, try to to bring in a, an awareness and a consciousness of satiety, of of being careful with the overeating, etc. Other foods today that we're seeing within the norm of society that are actually dangerous for us: a certain food coloring, certain uh, too much sugar, too little sugar things around that area? Two factors. One I would say is deep fried and high fat foods and that's as simple as sending, sending a child with a packet of crisps, crisps every single day. I know some children get two different packets of chips in their lunchbox each day. <laughs> they, they're not healthy for a hundred okay. different reasons. So I'd say deep fried foods and with that we're so pri- privileged to have takeaways that there are actually so many healthy options but there's a lot of unhealthy ones and just to s- decide for yourself and for your family wh- how often is actually healthy um, to be having that um, so that's a tough one because then if your child comes home and says but everybody gets at the talk shop and every, that's what we have in school and that's how it works how do we approach that Will you say once and it's okay yeah well I think th- Decide with your child what do they think is a healthy um, balance. Work it out together. It's also about their maturity and letting them take responsibility for their own bodies and their own health so you can work out what, what is reasonable. It might become a weekend treat or a, a Shabbos treat as such and not, not needed during the week. Um, so, th- yeah, that is something that you've got to work on together. It shouldn't necessarily um, be a reward or punishment, but, yeah, a mature decision to make together. And to get that, um, what would be appropriate? And do you find that there's social pressure on kids to be eating in certain places and certain things that are not necessarily healthy for them? Um, or, or not, or not so I bad? I think so. Maybe not even that they're aware of. It's more, um, yeah, limited as to what is there to do when we're meeting together socially and what is our choice of our outing as such. So you could be, um, yeah, going to adventure golf and or 
playing a game versus sitting down, meeting at a restaurant to take away. And there's room for everything. No, no foods don't fit. But as I say, it's a matter of just working out how often is balanced um, and how often is healthy and appropriate for you as a family. But basically, at the end of the day, you need to keep a balance. Okay. So when it comes to education of kids for the future, we see today more and more from what I'm hearing and seeing that younger people are getting diabetes and that's definitely a huge issue with sugar. I more than, more than once I hear from parents about uh, sugar drops that their kids have or um, situations like that. When potentially a child could see the challenge of sugar, diabetes, or blood pressure, whatever, fats, or whatever it is when in their 40s, what can we do today to educate them about health and food that will help them in 20 years from now when they're going to be on their own, living their lives? But we want to install these healthy habits and awareness to give them the tool and perhaps stall certain diseases or certain challenges that will come in later. Um, I'd say exercise is, is one factor. Um, whatever you're eating, especially in the terms of the sugars, the more um, active you are, the more efficient your uptake of the sugars is. It's not saying that you can live on a high sugar diet as long as you're exercising, you're okay, but it, it definitely helps. It's much better than being sedentary and having a high sugar diet, but to be aware of sugar content. And with that, going for the right things at the right time High sugar energy drinks are for long marathons. They're not meant for day-to-day drinking. So having the right things at the right time. Um, and not so sitting by. It's not to sit by your desk for an exam. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. And um, with that, in terms of counteracting, I'd say. Um, to go for as much color and variety from a fruit and vegetable point of view, not a sweet point of view, but as much <laughs> color and variety at every meal and out and about within the house. So if there's a fruit bowl or, like I said earlier, a big garden salad on the table, and um, the more color and variety within the fruit and vegetables that you're exposing your family to, the more um, vitamins and antioxidants and nutrients they're getting exposed to. Yeah, and to tell my kids um, when she says fruits and vegetables, she doesn't mean popcorn and wheat, right? <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> different varieties of of different things, and that's a habit that will help them at a later stage to be healthier and and be aware and prepared. Okay, so these these it's very interesting what you're saying about sugar because unfortunately, for different factors, security, uh, South African reality. We are, we don't tend to walk that much and our kids will, will give them a lift to school and to their live, and to their arrangement to the friends and they don't, they pretty much walk from the house to the car and from the car to school, etc. Is that enough for us to rethink as a culture here the amount of sugars? Because we cannot compare to what we grew up if we were running after school, climbing up trees and running in the streets to the kids today that actually don't have it and perhaps we're putting them at danger by just copy pasting what used to be so i think it's um, two factor one is we've got to account that we're less active but i'd say make sure that they are active if they're not getting to walk like you knew growing up they've got to make it up somewhere else um a skipping rope doesn't need a lot of place or you know they are extramurals but whether it's a it do, you don't actually need to be paying money for your children to be active and um, there's so many park runs and my runs and zoo trots and all kinds of things that are out there that can you can encourage um activity is that happening it does happen. As a, okay, people are, you find from your clients and from people that people are in a, in a reasonably okay 
active yes so it's hard to stay, say statistically how much is happening and it's got to be a joint decision usually it's got to be fueled by the parents or yeah, they're right. the ones who got it. Again, set an example. I think COVID did help with that. A lot of people um, treasured getting outdoors. And with that, um, I think people have found more places to explore and walk and hike. I've had this with every one of my kids that they've reached a certain age and I've got them a watch that counts steps and made sure they get. And every time they get shocked by the results, they say, no, I'm so active today, so active today, and then find um, five and a half thousand steps or something that's actually shows and I think it's important to keep that track because we have the feeling that we're a bit more active than what we probably actually are. Could be in yeah. a way. So something that so you're saying it is a parent's intervention that we should be kind of either with a step watch or whatever it is to to monitor that the active movement is happening. Um yeah, I, I, when they're younger, hopefully when they're older they'll They'll stick to it. Yeah. Hopefully, please God. Okay, we do have another announcement and some more, uh, and we will be right back. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9, we are back in a fascinating discussion. I'm here with dietitian Janine Sachs, and we are talking about health, nutrition, dietitian, how to keep ourselves healthier, how to make sure we live in a society and family that we are responsible for our next generation to make sure they are getting the appropriate habits. And, and because we're running out of time, I'll keep this one question for kids still before we even move on to adults. Considering everything we're discussing today, what are the tools we have to actually motivate our kids to get more involved and more interested and more aware and caring about nutrition, health, um, living a better and healthier lifestyle? Um, so like we discussed earlier, I think modeling good behavior is the key to it. And then you can also get them involved. Each kid could maybe get a chance to be, prepared, be in, um, in charge of one meal a night for the week. Um, see what they can come up with. If that's too much of a task or an ask, you could just tell them to put together a shopping list of what. The, yeah, the they'll come up with takeaways. Yes, it's <laughs> a good way to test their knowledge. Um, okay. So perhaps the, the, the overlying theme has to be a healthy dinner. Okay. Healthy Sunday lunch, whatever they could be in charge of. So either the shopping list um, or putting a meal together. Um, a fun activity to get everyone active, involved, and also outdoors is to plant a vegetable garden. Um, it's very much um, trending at the moment, and a lot of people are successful with growing their own produce and then enjoying um, what what does sprout. So, um, That's actually quite cool. Okay. Yeah, it's really nice to do a vegetable garden, either in your backyard or you can um, do mini ones in your kitchen on a sunny window. So that's a nice way. And it's also good lessons for children to see the germination and all those steps happening. Another fun way to address going back to breakfast. Um, If breakfast is a rush, um, kids can make up their own smoothies, discuss healthy ingredients to go into it. It's a fun way to quickly whip up breakfast. and that you know that everything's taken care of, so you could put one of each of the food groups into a into a smoothie or shake okay. as such, um, homemade, and then you know you can take So each. get them to prepare it for themselves. Uh, how mm. about a, for them to prepare their lunch boxes based on a certain list or things that need? Definitely. It's an alleviation on mom, um, but also it's you more guaranteed, hopefully, that they'll eat what's inside there. But yeah, make it a, make it a learning experience um, or, or, opportunity to teach um, so 
yeah, perhaps if they've got three of one food group within their lunchbox, you could say, well, maybe it's too much of that one. Let's swap it out um, and, and make it okay. a teaching opportunity. What are the quick, let's go quickly through the food groups that we want to have a variety of. All right. So, um, like I mentioned earlier, as much color and variety within fruit and vegetables as possible. Okay. Um, so, yeah, literally from a variety of berries to the greenest green vegetables as so to mix that up um, And those can be had Either as whole fruits, whole vegetables A fun way or a convenient way For the office or school is to do vegetable sticks They're quick to have um, So okay. you can do almost like a stick salad Salad meals are always convenient Or cooked vegetables with winter coming up It could go into a soup as well um, So fruit and vegetables I'd say color and variety are are something that we need to be getting much more of. Um, and then you've got your whole grains or starches. It's your energy foods. Um, okay. Then your proteins, which is your meat, fish, eggs, nuts, and your dairy products. And specifically for children, I like to make that, make sure they know that that's a food group. They need calcium. Um, and yeah, you know, dairy's got a lot of, um, goodness to offer. So it would cover, your cheeses can fall in there or within proteins, but your cheeses, your milk, yogurt is also very, very important. Um, so that food group. And then you've got your fats, which I mentioned earlier, and they are very healthy. So something like the peanut butter, avocado pears, raw nuts. Stuff like that that will okay that will help the kids get. Is there sometimes that things are too much? I remember growing up, we always used to no, you can't have too much fruit. There's too much sugar in it. Is that a thing, or you'd say today with everything going on, if your child's into fruit, let them eat fruit? No, I'd say definitely balance things out. Okay, um, not too much fruit. No, yeah, definitely balance it rather. So it is a worry. Okay, so we're completely running out of time. One of the things we mentioned before was diabetes and, and different health-related um, dietitian diseases that come at later age. Are, are these things... Um, reversible things that we can do to prevent. So if somebody went to the doctor and the doctor said, you know, you're, you are developing diabetes, what can that person do to help themselves? Yeah, no, most definitely. And that's this, a lot of what comes into my practice. So these um, doctors will, before they put anyone onto medication, they usually say, okay, you've got the early signs, go and make some changes and let's see if we can knock this out of your system. Um, so basically it's, it's lifestyle related. So you're looking at exercise, activity levels, stress levels, um, and diet. Okay. So what are the things that we need to do on a, like, what would you recommend to, on a, on a practical level? Going to gym, you're saying? When you say stress level, what do you mean? So, well, it depends. Everyone's got to work out where their stress is coming from and a way to deal with and it. And deal with the stress. Deal with the yeah, stress. and sometimes the exercise is, can be part of the treatment. Of getting rid of the stress. And dietitian, diet eating, are the things that you shouldn't eat in that situation or... Yeah, the amounts sure. or what What are we looking what, at? It would be both food choices and quantities. So it would depend what the person's having to start off with and, and that which needs to be changed. It's not always a whole list of no, no, no and the don'ts, but there's often good foods that you need to be including that are... Like what uh, would you is, – is there any general rules or it's very specific? Always. I'm coming back to the color and variety. Always fruits and vegetables okay. for sure. They've got a lot to offer. Um, for diabetes? For everything. For diabetes, everything. cancer, okay. cholesterol, you name it. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, then it would be specific so to the disease. So it really depends on what your what, – what the person is struggling with and where their challenge is at the time. So it seems like it's almost as important to exercise than to eat. 
we don't really see. We, I mean, we know that it's important, but I don't think we realize how important it is. For sure. Okay. And to put in these health habits, how is our health, what is a healthy approach that we're looking at if we want to teach our kids when to stop eating before going to sleep, eating at night, etc., or even for adults, eating in front of the TV, what are the habits that are problematic that will affect our health, meaning things that you could, if you would eat it earlier or by a table would be okay, but eating it right before you go to sleep or by a TV would be a problem. So... I think that if you, it's sometimes easier to recognize problems in someone else besides yourself. If you see as a family, or maybe that your kids are getting into bad habits, make sure you're not um, <laughs> in those same habits. So and the, then, it, yeah. where they're learning from it's from. Where basically. they're learning it from, and then yeah, take it as an opportunity for everyone to brush up on. But when is it a problem? An hour before sleep, two hours before oh. sleep. When should we actually start? Winding down. So it yeah. actually dep- it depends also on the size of the meal. Um, so not everyone has a huge dinner. And I'd say, yeah, it would depend also on how much of a wind down you have before bed. So do you eat dinner and go straight to bed? Or is there a wind down period of an hour or two? But generally I'd say about two hours. So about two hours before going to sleep, you should start winding down and, and stop um, eating. Yeah. Okay, we do need to take our last break. And then when we come back, we'll... Um, a step towards the end of the show. Um, anything you want to comment in the last moment? Ask Ginny and ask me. Three four five one nine is SMS line or Telegram. Mo six one eight nine five one zero one nine. Short break and we will be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since two thousand and eight. 101.9 We are back towards the end of this fascinating hour that I was here with dietitian Janine Sachs and spoke a lot about the interest and the health and importance. As we end up today's show, what is your message to today's parents, society, culture, and in creating healthier and a better place to be in? I think just to make an, to become aware and conscious of what's going on, one with yourself and two if you have a family, everyone around you, um, and just make a point of being a good example. So um, start with yourself, um, and yeah, hopefully the message or you, everyone will just take good example from what you're doing at home. And it's yeah, just to the basics of um, to keep active and to have good sleep and to yeah, eat well. Eat well. Look after yourself with all the energy things you need. If anybody wants to be in touch with you directly, do you have a website or any way they can find you? I do. They can contact me at jsaxdietitian.co.za. Um, I am on Facebook under my name, um, or else my contact number is 082-561-0507. Okay. Or uh, jsax, that's co.za. Okay. Jsex Dietitian. Oh, Z-A. Okay, that's that is your website, and that's how people can make contact. Um, fascinating. I, I think we don't put enough emphasis on this um, need to actually be responsible for our bodies. I mean, we've we've been given a body; we need to look after it. That's definitely as simple sure. as that. Thank you, Janine Sachs, so much for being with us today. Uh, learned a lot. Very fascinating. Um, this show, if you're just joining now, will be on the podcast of Chai FM. You can just go to the Chai FM app or website and just look for under Chai You will see um, in the next day or two, the podcast will be on there so you could access and listen. 
We will be back next week, as we do every week between 2 to 3, and we discuss different topics with different professionals. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well, and please God, we should all have a healthy, warm, beautiful winter.